Welcome to Current Sitch, where we talk about current issues from a college student's perspective. Today, we'll be picking up on our amazing conversation about toxic masculinity and discuss how it contributes to the violent nature in men. We'll actually have all four of our great hosts speak on this episode, and each of us will cover a subsection of how toxic masculinity contributes to the violent nature in men and who it affects. I'm actually the first runner-up, but I want to say thank you guys so much for listening, and I hope you enjoy this episode. Hello, my name is Jasmine Rose, and in this short section of this shared episode, I will be discussing how toxic masculinity contributes to the violent nature in men in regards to family. So, surprisingly enough, during my research, I found that toxic masculinity is essentially passed down from generation to generation. It sounds weird, but if one father subscribed to these toxic masculinity ideals and had a son, the son then subscribed to these ideals as either a coping mechanism or just by following by example. When the son subscribes to these ideals as a coping mechanism, it's often to prevent them from being stripped of their power as fathers who subscribe toxic masculinity will strip others of their power to maintain control. This creates like a deadly inferiority complex and gives young men the need to be dominant just like their fathers were over them from a very young age. When the son subscribes to these ideals just by following by example, it creates a veil of ignorance that can be really deadly to their spouses as toxic masculinity demonstrated in marriages is often by controlling every aspect of their wives' lives to maintain that control and dominance over them. Both of these in return creates a never ending cycle of toxic masculinity filled fathers, sons, and anything in between. When one lives in a house with a father who actively depicts toxic masculinity, they are often the middleman in the game of control. Written in a study about the effects of violent fathers by Perel and Paled, they give us a bit of context of what I mean. Various negative characteristics of the fathering of violent men are described in the context of divorce proceedings, the most salient of which is the father's view of his children as a means for continuing his attempts to exert control over his wife's life and abuse her. Men who exhibit toxic masculinity typically end up in broken marriages, not only because they want control, but they don't know how to communicate their feelings and talk about things in a healthy way, which is why we're advocating for mental health support for victims of toxic masculinity and perpetrators of toxic masculinity so much. But in this, they also disrupt their children's view of relationships by ending their reign of control when they're divorced, the, talk, the father who exhibits toxic masculinity tries to re regain that control by exerting all of his power over his children. Whether that be not allowing the children to be visited unless he has supervision or using his kids as a scapegoat for stress, that often pushes wives to submission as they would rather them be hurt themselves than their children. This transitions us to how toxic masculinity contributes to the violent nature in men in regards to women, which my amazing co-host Jossie will take on from here. Thank you so much for listening. Alrighty, hello guys. My name is Jossie, and I'm going to be talking more about the um, how toxic masculinity and the violent nature in men affects women and how it's acted upon them mainly. So as Jasmine was speaking about, she was talking about the toxic masculinity and violent nature in men affecting families. But of course, the one way that it is seen in families is by degrading the wife and obviously then degrading the children and this type of subservient nature put on to women by the 
um, husband, male figure in the household is obviously affecting that woman in particular, but also these kids learn it then from that and mainly in the boys that see their dad like that, it's going to really affect them growing up and how they then treat women or others or how they feel like they need to live. So a really good um, example I'm using for this is um, there's a television show. I don't know if you've seen it, but it's not. It's called 13 Reasons Why. There's also a very good book on it. Um, anyways, in this, Justin Foley, one of the main characters, he is one of the main reasons why Hannah Baker, this girl, kills herself and you're probably wondering why and how does this have to do with it but basically there was one thing he did in particular that really um, had pushed Hannah over the edge and that was um, making up lies about her being a slut a whore a hoe from one image and he flipped the whole story to make it out to basically benefit himself and look macho and like this alpha and basically put himself above other men that he felt like he needed to do and so one of the main quotes from Jenny in this article of the analysis of it is she says, the show really succeeds at conveying has to do with misogyny, how persistent objectification can erode a woman's self-worth in the many ways we fail young women by pro propagating a culture of silence. So that's a lot to digest, obviously, but basically she's just talking about how toxic masculinity creates this pressure in men to be better and control constructed by the fact of they felt as though they were losing control as women became stronger and had more of a voice. So the one way they feel like they can gain that power back is the violent nature of degrading women, making them feel less, making them feel unable, so then they feel power again. Also, among other men, they feel more need to have power because other men are doing the same thing, and so then they'll just do it more and just keep going until they've just completely gotten all this power and just degraded every woman in their path or just anyone that gets in their way at the expense of making up stories, lies, and then damaging every relationship they have with women, basically. So um, I think that is a very good show to show how far people will go to inevitably make themselves better or feel better. And um, as the plot goes on, um, Justin then after this happens and he learns of his behaviors and how Hannah killed herself, um, not because of this reason alone, but definitely one of the main, um, results of him degrading her, making her feel like that, um, exemplified with other, obviously implications from other peers. But, um, Justin takes this very harshly and his toxic masculinity then becomes a violent nature to himself with his drug, um, drug use and all of that. And so, Izzy's going to speak about how it affects them there. Too many times people are too quick to assume that men are automatically the bad guys and that they are the natural villains in most scenarios. And that natural assumption is part of the problem. Are men just naturally big and bad or did something shape them into that character? That something is toxic masculinity. Before we fix the problem, we must understand the problem. In life, guys are expected to act a certain way. This social pressure put on men to act like a manly man or prove their manhood is called toxic masculinity. The qualities associated with toxic masculinity is that real men don't show emotion, they don't ask for help, and they must act macho constantly, otherwise they are not considered a true man. If some men do not comply with toxic traits, 
put forth by the social pressure of toxic masculinity, men have the likely possibility of being harassed or emasculated over it. Toxic masculinity takes many victims, but many view men as solely the perpetrators of it, and that is only partially true. They must first be a victim to its pressures before feeling forced to comply. Our appearance and reputation means a lot to many people, and if you're a guy whose gender was constantly put into question based on your actions, you may feel obligated to comply with the social pressure, especially in college. The transition to college is such a defining moment in a student's life, and it's a time where you can discover who you truly are, and unfortunately, when you may be judged and looked at the most. Being a guy in college and complying with the pressures of toxic masculinity to avoid harassment, you are forced to deal with problems or hardships yourself. You cannot ask for help, otherwise you are not a real man. According to University Wire, published in August 2018, toxic masculinity can discourage men from seeking help and appearing vulnerable, pushing men to succeed without help or tough it out and quietly suffer. Because some college men choose to submit to the social pressure of toxic masculinity, many cope with their internal battles and negative emotional states in dangerous ways. For example, violent acts. This can include substance abuse, self-harm, domestic violence, gang activity, and suicidal tendencies. Because men feel that they are not supposed to get help when they need it and should suffer in silence, the number of men suffering with depression is underestimated, especially that of college men, making men four times more likely to die from suicide attempts. It's reported that 70% of college men experiencing mental health concerns do not seek counseling services. In a study on masculinity and depression published in Special Section Mental Health and Well-Being. To fix the endless cycle of pressure conforming and repeating, the public must first become aware of the problem at hand. With education comes awareness and a conscious effort for change. Making initial counseling mandatory for those transitioning into college could be a life-saving step. Because of the social pressure of toxic masculinity, men will not admit when they need help or seek it out for themselves. If counseling is made mandatory, the action of men needing to take initiative and seek counseling and the fear of harassment that couples it will be taken out of their hands. That initial counseling may also potentially lead them to continue to utilize professional help. Also, a daily adjustment that can be made is being aware of jokes made that question a man's masculinity. Constantly, taunts and jokes are made like, no balls, wow, he's so soft, or that's not really manly, all of which can be triggering for some men and can cause them to act or lash out in certain ways that can be detrimental to themselves or others. Men feel compelled to act certain ways to avoid harassment, such as the examples given. Before assumptions are made, we as people need to understand the problem to its entirety and want to see a change rather than assume blame. Men are victims too, and that fear and conforming to the social pressure can lead to many forms of violence. To stem off Izzy's topic of the inherent violent nature often found in men, I would like to focus on this violent nature and how it is not only encouraged, but also how it has evolved over the years through the vehicle that is social media. 
Hello everyone, my name is Piper, and I will be talking to you about how toxic masculinity encourages violence through social media. It's no secret that we all say and do things online that we might not do or say in real life. The vastness of the internet allows people to say things behind a veil of anonymity. And when no one knows who you are, you can say whatever you want without having to worry about your reputation. This takes making fun of people to a whole new level. Take for example how we all share a funny video with our friends. It may be funny to us and to all the thousands of people who shared it, but the person that is in the video may have not thought it was funny. The person in the video is getting laughed at and mocked all over the cruel world that is social media. It's especially harmful when young men are met with social media. The ideals of toxic masculinity are so ingrained in their friends and peers, they feel they have no other choice but to act in aggressive manners towards people who did nothing wrong. This is where making fun of people is brought to extreme levels. Rather than just picking on someone, kids today are met with cyberbullying. Most boys who use social media use it to help their friends send hurtful messages to other kids. They use social media to mock and hurt people, all because they're told that if they don't, they'll be the one that gets made fun of. And with all your friends watching, you have to do what you need to do to keep from being on the receiving end of all that hate. In different types of social media, toxic masculinity shows itself in different ways. Take for example, YouTube. The source I'll be referencing is from a YouTube channel called Sugar Pine 7, a channel founded by men but has a podcast called Sugar Fine 7, run by all the beautiful women that are involved with Sugar Pine. Just putting on a shirt and happening to have cleavage in it, it's not like I intentionally was like, oh, Steve, let me like put on a push-up yeah. bra and then like, <laughs> let's contour my tits and like make them really prominent. Like, no, that's just like what my body looks like. Mm -hmm. And so to me, it like was not a big deal to be in the thumbnail. And I feel like other people make it into a bigger deal. Like, yeah. oh, Steve's exploiting his fiance. Like, no, this is what I look like. And he put me in a video. Yeah, for sure. Like, this is, like doing it. Yeah, like, and this is what I wear on a day-to-day -day basis. And I'm not going to change what I wear or like, I'm not gonna put on like a sports bra on a turtleneck and yeah. be like, now I'll be in the video, Steve. Like, no, like I can, I can I'm gonna wear whatever I want and this yeah. is just what I happen to look like. But yeah, it was kind of weird because I did feel like there were a lot of girls that were upset with me. Like, oh, you're selling out, like you're, hmm. yeah, I don't know. So that, that would be my feeling on it. And as far as like views go, that video was really great, like regardless of the thumbnail. Was, yeah. mm -hmm. The fact is, Toxic masculinity is rooted in how we view things like Twitch streamers or YouTubers. The ideals of toxic masculinity tell us that women shouldn't be proud of their body to the point where they use it for views, or that women shouldn't be comedians because only men are funny, or when female streamers are ridiculed because women can't play video games as well as men. As ridiculous as it sounds, toxic masculinity always finds a way to sink its ideals into how we view each other on social media. And through the safety of the internet, men can send out horrible insults, death threats, and some things that I don't want to mention without having to worry about getting any backlash. We've run out of time for today, so before you go, we here at Social Sitch have one final message for you. Men and women alike will be impacted by toxic masculinity. It has been a social pressure that has gone on for far too long, and it affects way more people than you would think. 
If this way of thinking isn't addressed and a change isn't made, a countless number of victims of toxic masculinity will continue to suffer. This destructive cycle of toxic masculinity will not stop unless people become educated and aware of it. This has been Social Sitch, and I am Piper, signing off.